right, guys. We're going to pop off the next panel discussion with one legendary Atlanta-based music company since the 80s. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. There are a multi of ways for artists to break and grow in the music industry today. Okay, wait, y'all too loud. Y'all hear me talking? Y'all hear me talking? Hey man, we need everybody's attention in here, man. Everybody over there by the bar, I need y'all to show my speakers some respect. So if y'all can come closer and really tune in, we'll love that. I like that. We needed that. All right, here we go. There are a multitude of ways for artists to break and grow into the music industry today. Please welcome our first panelist as they discuss how artists can break through in 2021 and beyond. We have Drea Jackson. Drea is the artist relations manager at SoundCloud. Next, we have Kiafa. And Terum and Terum Head of Music and Vice President of Major Label Relations. Next, we have Barry Johnson. Young Hill. Co-founder and president of Since the 80s. Next, we have Zeke Nicholson. He's the co-founder of Since the 80s. And we have Mon Neal, Artist Relations of Since the 80s. If you are ready for a dope conversation, can I get a year? All right, let's go. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Ms. Portia Marie, for opening us up. Um, let me just let y'all know right now, this is just gonna be a conversation. There's a lot of great things that a lot of people in this room are doing, and the one thing about being in this room is that you can learn something from each and every one of the things that all of us have been through, or accomplished, or have just been doing in general. So we're gonna touch on a couple different things today, like star quality, what is publishing and distribution, um, um, basically like how you manage artists, how you find artists, what are you looking for? So just stay tuned and listen in for the gems um, because we're just gonna be kicking back. So the first thing I wanna get into real quick, just so we all have an understanding of this, is what is publishing and distribution and what is, since the 80s, is the <laughs> unique approach to publishing and distribution? Any one of y'all can take it. You wanna take that? You wanna question again <laughs> what is publishing and distribution um say okay let's let's you let's. know what let me back it up it might be a little easier if I actually have y'all tell us a little bit about what y'all do so we know that Barry Zeke and Mon are all partners of the 80s founder co-founder artist relations um what does that actually mean day to day day to day Shh. stress Stress is day to day. Um, I don't know. I'm stressed thinking about answering the question. Um, on a day to day, man, you know, it's a 24 hour job, 24 7. You are basically trying to make other people's lives better. You know what I'm saying? Putting other people in front of you, um, putting other people in front of your health, your mental state, everything. So for me, on a daily basis, I get up every day. My day may start at like seven. I don't know. Some people probably follow me. You know, I got like a. I'm always with my little son, so I take him to school, and I really sit in the car and I listen to music, because that's my only time I really got a chance of myself to really like relax and listen to it early in the morning. But then it's really just phone calls on phone calls on phone calls with people I really don't like. Um, phone calls about what though? Shit, anything, marketing, 
publishing, records, artists, when are we gonna do this, where are we gonna be? It's just a constant, constant, continuous drain on what's next, what's next, what's next. And um, I think for us, it's always trying to figure out how well we brand our artists, but also how well we're telling the story in the process of what we're doing. So I think on a daily operation, it's more so like you're sitting in, trying to figure out how can you raise your child to be the best child? You know, how can you put the necessary things into your business to be the best business? What ingredients are you missing? What ingredients do you do have? What you not doing well today? What you gonna do well today? I might not feel like doing shit today, you know what I'm saying? So Zeke, are you gonna do the shit today? You know what I'm saying? So it's like that for me. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Um, Barry's more so one of the people that probably is the, the mouthpiece and the face of our company. Me, I deal primarily with touring and logistics. Um, I'm the admin person on our side, right? Uh, I deal a lot with A&R, but I also deal a lot with admin. So while Barry's on the phone, I'm the one answering all of the emails and making sure that you know, things aren't being missed. Um, we're aware of all the opportunities that are coming through. Um, artists are aware of their schedule. I'm updating all the calendars, making sure that everyone knows where they're supposed to be. Um, and yeah, uh, my day is very tedious. It's very, I feel like I've made an office in my house. So for me, I wake up pretty early, um, around 7.30, 8 a.m. The good thing about being on the East Coast and a lot of labels being on the West is that I feel like I have a three hour head start every time. Um, I take advantage of those three hours as much as possible. So by the time two o'clock comes, um, at that point, I'm usually just trying to figure out who's responding and, and what to react to. Um, I try to stay two or three days ahead of whatever day it is. Uh, it just it gets a lot easier because once you leave that email, you come back three minutes later, you'll see a hundred more. And uh, that can be overwhelming if you don't have kind of your schedule. Um, I think the difference between me and Barry, I know how to clock out. <laughs> Barry tends to, to, to stay in. After a certain point, I'm not doing nothing um, at all. Yeah, he clocks out. I never clock out. That's, that's the problem. I'm up all night. Mom, what about I'll you, be... though? So how does, how does clock in, clock out? Would you sit somewhere in between in artist relations? I mean, so he should never clock out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's too young to clock out. For sure. You so, <laughs> you know, I really wake up with since the 80s on my mind. Y'all can hear me? Yeah. For sure. But, you know, before I transitioned into the space of working at AR at RCA, I was AR for since the 80s and District 80s. You know, we got a lot of young producer talent. We got a, young, a lot of young artists. Like, and they really doing a great job out here. You know, from the jump, you know, I was setting up sessions, you know, figuring out whatever opportunities I could bring to the guys and just kind of being hungry. You know, and just, you know, staying on Barry Hill, learning what I can learn. Same thing with Zeke. You know, they really taught me how to really move in this. So, you know, All right. that's where it started. <laughs> this is first panel, so I'm proud. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is, it's our, it's our little baby. We're going to get into mentorship in a little bit. So, Kiafa had pulled this quote that made me ask y'all the publishing and distribution question. Kiafa, do you want to read the quote? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you had said, Here's a God honest truth. If you want more favorable artists and producer deals, if you want more money out of your deals, guess what you should do? Stop taking the fucking advantage money. Ask for the P&D deal, cut yourself a very small advance out of marketing budget and turn the fuck up. 
I said that, huh? Yeah, yeah. that was a you that said was a that. quote. That's so, what. So, that's one of your um, infamous quotables on IG. Uh, yeah, I did you say, say that. Cut yourself a very small advance in marketing budget and turn the fuck up. So, in relation to what a publishing distribution deal means, can you elaborate on what you said? Um. Okay. Right. Deals in general, right? Deals Just in general. in general, or regarding what I said. No. I, so, personally, I'd like to know regarding what you said, yeah. because I think there's, and it goes right back to the unique way that you, as a collective, approach these things. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. Can I get a raise? Can I get to see a raise of hands? How many people in here are artists? A lot of y'all. Okay. How many people y'all are managers? Okay. Managers I, we were managers. Wait, where y'all managers at? We need, we need, we need more managers. So, um, wow. some of y'all artists, some of y'all just become managers. It's a little bit, you know what I'm saying? We need, we need a, a great balance in this. <laughs> but the reason I said that was because, I mean, every day I think one of my problems is, you know, I wake up and I try to understand, like, you know, where we at in the business, not only for myself but for others. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that I do anything for myself. You can't really be a manager or an executive in this business and only think about yourself because at the end of the day, you have other people's lives in your hands. So I'm always thinking about, you know, what could I do or how can I do it better? But then I'm also hearing a lot of artists and goddamn managers always complaining about some shit when at the end of the day, y'all the fucking problem, you know? And it's just the truth. And honestly, you know, when we first started, we've always taught our artists to reinvest into themselves. Like, we put up our own money. I don't give a damn we signed to a label or not. We're gonna put up our own bread and we're gonna stand on that. That's just how I, that's how I was raised. You know what I'm saying? Like you you stand on what you believe on. You put what you you put into what you want out of life. So I'm not sitting up here arguing with no label every day or arguing with my manager or nobody, my lawyer, when I know what I want. So what I mean by don't take an advance, y'all stop talking all this crazy shit about how you want to own your own stuff when you have no leverage. Stop talking about what you don't have or do have when you want to use somebody else's money. And that's the thing. When you need someone else's money, they're going to want something from you. Now, if you don't have money, be like a normal human being, and you need somebody else's money. So you got to understand that process of business. And I think a lot of times, especially us young black people, we, you know what I'm saying? I'm like the first person in my family with some real money outside of some street shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest. Like, I'm the first one that has legitimately did anything that was not illegal. You know what I'm saying? That goes down to my grandparents, to my fathers, to my uncles. So you know what I'm saying? Like, I grew up around the corner on Simpson. So you know what I'm saying? That's my, this is, we in my neighborhood for real, for real. My daddy from the bluff. So you know, I'm at home for real, for real. So it's like me understanding how they moved and started understanding what they didn't have and did have, it taught me in this business to always be willing to bet on yourself. But at the same time, also being smart enough to know as a manager, stop making deals for your artists so that you can fan your pockets right now. Are you in it for the longevity or are you in it for right now? You know, so that's what I said, you know, take a marketing budget, take a P&D deal, which is a promotion and distribution, you know, marketing and distribution. And, you know, instead of wanting to, 250,000 or a million dollars. I mean, take 300,000, pay yourself 50, live off 50, because I'm pretty sure before you didn't do that, you didn't have any money. So if you got 50, you can live for the year. There's people who live off $30,000. That's folks who live off $25,000. Yeah. 
Stop wanting shit right now. The whole thing about an artist is half the time y'all trying to look like y'all the shit and y'all already not the shit. And you're trying to, you know what I'm saying, keep that image up, but at the end of the day, it's always gonna be those words that connect. It's always gonna be your audience and who you connecting to that's gonna take you to that next level. So it just depends on if you. If you in it for the quick check, then you know, finesse it. If you not, then be willing to take that journey and bet on yourself. And that's what I meant by like. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I mean, I you think know? I think ultimately it's not your money. Yeah, it's right. a loan. It's not your money. It's nah, a loan. No, an advance so, is not your bread. Yeah, so. I want my money back. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's why I found your quote to be super important because I think a lot of people don't understand it's not your money at the end of the day. Not no that shit is, bonus. It's cold. Yeah, that shit is not a bonus. It's called it's, yeah, it's called an advance for a reason. <laughs> it's a nice little credit. It's an advance against your budget, right? So the, the amount of money you take, that is counting against you as it relates to recouping, as it relates to making money and being in the black. That money is at that that moment you take that check, that moment you take whatever amount of money you take, is kind against you from that day forward. Yeah. I also blame this shit on the lawyers too. Because the lawyers are always trying to get the most out of a deal because their biggest, their biggest checks sometimes come from, you know, your, your publishing deal or your, your label deal. So they love to run it up. But always remember, as they run that shit up, that is your bread. When y'all complain about not getting royalty checks, because nigga, you already have the money in your hand. <laughs> You've already spent it, you so you don't royalty. get it. You got your royalty money. Yep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just understanding business, and we just not taught that. And I also understand, like I say, man, don't take that whole no advance thing. It depends on your situation. Never sit up here and look at what nobody else doing and try to judge what you need to do or what somebody else doing. You know what I'm saying? It depends on your situation. When we when we first signed, we took advances. We took, you know, relatively modest advances. I think if you were to ask artists what they signed for, um, and we haven't taken one since. Like Thanks. that advance that we took was the necessary capital that we utilized to create a business that ended up making multiple businesses to make money. Right. Once you have the ability to make your own money, you don't need an influx of cash yeah, you don't to, keep to make money. more money. Uh, we haven't taken advance I think since 2016. I feel like we could, yeah, we, we took one advance. Class on that. No, we took one advance. We took our initial advance when we signed to Interscope, and we haven't took any of their money ever since. We don't even take their touring money no more. Yeah. I don't even want your bread. Yeah, no touring more. support. We want all our money to be in marketing promotions. Yeah, I don't want your money. It's cool. Now, now I got the money. I don't really need your money. You don't keep taking people money to stay in debt with people. As long as you owe me, you owe me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's where you can free yourself from financial, from the financial the burden on somebody else's you can actually do what you need to do. So and conversations are easier to have. Because stop they know we're stop not spending, spending all your money. money on stupid shit. That's just my point. Just stop got, spending your I money on dumb shit. I got a question about that, the spending money. So when you got the advances, did you already have that marketing model built out? Did well, you know what to do with that money and well, how to multiply? Yeah, to some degree. We were already utilizing our money out of our pockets to fund our business, uh, right? So okay. that point. just meant we could either pay ourselves back from the money we spent, but initially, we just use that money, instead of using money out of our pockets, we use our advanced money to further our business, right? So um, we knew what we knew how to stretch a dollar. Like we were used to being on tour without making any money, touring for free. We were used to putting out our music without, with very you know, strict limitations on what we could afford, shooting videos um, in terms of what, what was in our budget. So when we got our advances, we knew where the money would go and we knew how we would spend it. And we knew at the very least we could put some money in our artist's pockets and that they could just, for the first time, solely focus on 
being a professional artist. They didn't have to worry about bills and things of that nature. We also told them to pay for certain things up front, right? We signed this year lease, it's like, shit, you might as well just pay your rent up front yeah. or at least six months in advance so that you're not really worried about security. Um, security, worried about where money's coming from. Because when you get your advance, that doesn't mean you're gonna just make money. That doesn't mean you got a, a, a little start, but that doesn't mean that you're gonna be profitable in that, in that year. I think our first year really making money off music was maybe 2018, 2019. And when I say real money, I mean like real money that we could do shit with, not just like $100,000 or $75,000, but like money. $100,000 ain't no money. No, but to some it is. <laughs> well, I feel like we could have a whole class <laughs> on the marketing models and how to use that money and, and stretch that dollar. But I want to get into a couple other things. Um, the A, Atlanta, collaboration, culture. Key has this quote, and she said, Atlanta only needs Atlanta, to be honest. And she's not here with us right now, but can one of y'all elaborate on that and what that means and, and what it also means for since the 80s as well, because a lot of the talent that y'all bring up and, and put in your incubator is local Atlanta talent. I'll let the natives answer that first, them being born and raised here, and then I'll pop in with my uh, transplant thoughts. <laughs> Let's go, Ma. Let's see what you say. <laughs> I mean, I agree, like to a degree, you know, um, Atlanta, has a lot of great individuals that just built the infrastructure of entertainment. So it's not only that we need us, but we need us to grow and go out to bring that back home. So yeah, Atlanta need Atlanta, but we need the world too, so Atlanta can go worldwide. I think in my opinion, is I understand why she said that is because at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's culture, the black culture is so potent in Atlanta we understand it's almost like a you know what i'm saying reach one teach one type of concept you know what i'm saying like if yeah. you ever go back and look at some of these videos some people don't pay attention to but little baby was in a bunch of thug earlier videos thug was in a a, a lot of other folks earlier videos they was around and they just they waited their time but it's like if you stay around the system somebody because how we are down here is gonna keep lending their hand well, you know what I'm saying? I always look, I always loved Atlanta because we ain't never really cared so much about a feature so much. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't so much about like, oh, if you're gonna do this, it's just like if you're in the studio, you might end up with a song with anybody. If y'all in the same studio at the same time, it's just energy. We don't we didn't really take it, we don't really look at it too much as a as a as a Hollywood thing. It's not com as competitive as New York. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like in, in LA, that shit. Bloods and Crips, you know what I'm saying? They they got a lot of territorial shit going on. And, it, and it's like that everywhere you go, but at the same time, like, you just gonna do music with whoever doing music down here. So it's like the, just the way the culture was at, you know what I'm saying? How we built it in Atlanta is like, everybody support everybody. You, said you drop, you drop, we all drop. You said stay around the system. What does that really mean? Does that mean just follow up behind everybody? Or does that mean have something to nah, contribute? No, I mean, first of all, you got to know you got to know who you fit in with. Sometimes right. folk be trying to fit in with folk they don't fit in with. You know what I'm saying? Like, go with your people. Build your community. Like, it's in the community in Atlanta. And at the end of the day, certain people over here fit in over here, and some people feel over here. But if you keep staying around that system and that community, it will keep building. It will. You will have your shot. It's just timing sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Some people are impatient, or some people don't really know where they need to be at or where they should be at. But that's more like a personal thing. You got to know that for yourself. I appreciate Atlanta um, on the base of it just being a strong community. I think when I compare it to like a, a LA and New York, like 
it's still very much a people city, right? It doesn't matter who's doing what, how much money someone has, who someone's around. In Atlanta, it's what are you, you know, what are you doing? And, and people take interest in to everything that's very big and very small. Um, the degree of separation is very small. There's a lot of peers that I know from years ago that are still running around doing amazing things in the city that I still have a very genuine relationship with. And I think in Atlanta, like, that's the beauty of it, is that everyone is working on something that's very unique to them. They don't feel a need to, to kind of to do what the next person is doing. Um, and everyone stays pretty close. Everyone's pretty tight. That's the one thing I will say, coming down to Atlanta for years, there's nothing like the collective in any other city. No. The collectiveness, the collaboration. Best the, place on earth. It is. Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like I said, I've been coming down here for years. And the way that artists just work with each other, and like you said, come to a video. I'm shooting my video. Come through. Yeah, it's vibrant. You know, like, it's a vibrant it's just, The love is there. It's always spread. It's dope. Since we already here, I want to talk about mentorship. Um, because they each one teach one or reach one teach one. I forgot. Everybody, LVRN, guys. <laughs> Oh, hey, up, man, y'all make some noise. Hey, man, what's up, y'all? Clap for my great guys back there. Can we get a, a round of applause for them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, time. Great black one time, one time. That, that, yeah. That's another reason why Atlanta is great, why the scene is great, because there's a lot of young black men and young black women that are really doing everything we can do to push the city forward and have fun with it. Like, if you're not having fun in this, in my opinion, if you're not having fun working in music, arts, and entertainment, then you really sign yourself short. You really sign yourself short. So talking about collectives and fun, talk to us about Dreamville. Dreamville, Dreamville, Dreamville. What would you like to know about Dreamville? Just everything, man. I know that. So, I love my guys at yeah. Dreamville. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what about them? I mean, Cole and Eve has been instrumental into a lot of the things that we've been able to do because they, we don't think the same. But we feel the same. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, like it's, it's we, a similar vision. We have similar vision. Two different ways about getting there, but very similar visions. Different tunnels, and, same vision. And Cole and Eve just, I mean, honestly, they just allow us to be us. Yeah. Like, and they understood that. So, you know, when they first came in, even, we even partnered up. It was just like, y'all already doing what y'all doing. Like, keep doing it. We just here for support. So, you know, I don't know. They just, that's just. That's my family for real, for real. So it's very hard to, it's not even a working relationship. Yeah. It's just family at the end of the day. What would you say is probably the most instrumental lesson that you've learned from that family dynamic? The most instrumental lessons I learned from them? Yeah. <laughs> not to be like them. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, right? In fact, uh, that's the most instrumental lesson. Yeah. The funny thing about Dreamville and the reason that I think we wanted to work with them is that they've always been music first, right? We're, we worked with very left to center artists you know, people that wouldn't, that we knew that we had like a longer time to get to where we wanted to go. Them being able to put music first in the age where everyone's talking about different marketing plans, TikToks, different things, when we knew our artists weren't necessarily fitting that model, um, that was important for us. I think another thing we learned um, from Dreamville that we were kind of doing ourselves, but the importance of building a base as it relates to touring. And when I say base, I don't mean doing a show in New York and LA, I mean doing a show in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Des Moines, Iowa. Mm. Um, I think I was talking to Milan, who, who works with Russ, and he was talking about how their last tour, they did a bunch of BNC markets. We employ that same strategy. I think for us, no matter if you have a hot singer or not, if you can go do 1,500 people in Lincoln, Nebraska every year, <laughs> you'll probably tour for 10 to 15 years because you're servicing a, a group of people, servicing a market that's not normally 
um, being service. It's easy to go do 2,000 people in New York and Atlanta when you're, on, when you're hot. But when you have nothing moving and you just have that, that firm base of people that believe in what you stand on, believe in your music, it's very important to cultivate that. And that's something that Dreamville has done for years. And B-side records. Um, the B-side records, I think that's an important thing. Um, Love Yours is, is a great record by Cole that has resonated. That was not a song that was on the radio, was not a song that was, it was just something that he felt. And understanding to always bottle those feelings and those emotions up and give them to the fans. I think that, that's, that's Dreamville in a nutshell. It's just, they just stand on music and emotions. And I'm really not that emotional of a person, so that's why I say like, I'm not like them in that sense, but yeah. music-wise, we, 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 we understand like it's about the music. Dope. We have like 15 minutes left, and there's so much I want to ask, but there's a couple key things I want to get out before we do some Q&A. Um, going back to the mentorship, what is the Future Insiders program, and how did that come about? All right, so the Future Insiders program is a program um, that, you know, we kind of started with YouTube. It started as a way for us to realize, as it relates to mentorship and working entertainment, that a lot of people... I uh, feel like there's this veil or these doors that you have to kind of, rooms you have to be in uh, to be able to work in it. Um, it's kind of like an offshoot of a different program that we have called uh, the 4040 Dinner um, that we started ourselves. But um, the idea was originally to work with black youth um, that were either personally incarcerated, come from backgrounds where uh, you know, they've made some mistakes and, and just have that feeling of like, damn, my life is over. And no one's life should be over around 16, 17, 18. So it's our way of being able to provide them a space where they can connect with uh, creatives and music executives to form relationships, to learn about what it means to be in the industry, to learn what it means to not necessarily be front-facing as artists, but to work as execs, work as tour managers, to work on a lot of the technical things that make the business go round. Um, an established relationship to provide them some professional guidance to also be able to, to work in that same field. We have the pleasure of working in an industry where you don't necessarily need an educational requirement. You don't necessarily need a degree. You don't necessarily have to make X amount of money as long as you have the resource and know where to go to look for those opportunities. So that was our way of working with YouTube to give back to those you know kids coming up. That's my number one goal before any of these things is you know, how can I be and how can I affect the youth? You know what I'm saying? Because I was a juvenile delinquent. I think I told this story a couple of times. I was a juvenile delinquent. I almost went to prison for 20 years. I was always in some shit. You know what I'm saying? I grew up like that. So it was just, when I got into a position, I just used to think about when I was incarcerated or just sitting down, like, what, what, like, what did I go left at? Like, what went wrong? Like, what, what could I wish I had and what could I, and I try to see those things that I was looking for and I try to be those things. That's why, like, I don't know. Some people, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just a very approachable person. I'm just always chilling. Like, it don't really mean that to me at the end of the day. So my thing is always outside of music. How do I influence people to, 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 to believe in themselves and understand that no matter which way you turn, it may look terrible at the same time. You can always come back if you just put your mind on something. So that's like the... I don't know, that's like my passion, you know what I'm saying? Like, before music, this industry, y'all can take this shit with y'all any day, you know what I'm saying? It's gonna be here, it ain't going nowhere. My thing is trying to figure out how to stop young black people from, 
from going down that road, you know what I'm saying, to understand that they're, they're more valuable and we're not as disposable as we think we are, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's just me, though. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. That's I, my thing. I think the thing is, like, for all the things that we've been through to be able to get to, to the nominal success we've had thus far, it's like if we didn't leave this industry teaching younger execs, teaching people that were interested in just being forthcoming and transparent about what it means to work in it, then we didn't really do anything, in my opinion. Like, the whole uh, purpose, I think, for us as a company is to be able to invite as many artists and execs in order to educate. I think the more people that are educated, are the more people that can push the industry to a, a better place and to a more forward-thinking, progressive place. Like, that's what makes it better for everyone involved. And there's sure. plenty of ways to be in the industry. I think everyone has this, like, stereotypical thought of what it means and what it looks like. And I'm here to tell you all that shit is fake and doesn't exist. That shit is really a lie. It's so you telling them it ain't no rules? Uh, there's no rules. There's no rules. There's no one. I could never tell you what to do to get to where we're at right now because it's not going to be the same. Everyone's road and pathways, and this is different. Yeah, there might be similar instances, similar stories that we can share, but it's always going to be different. It's like, you know, no one can tell you that works, that plays in the NBA, like how to be an NBA player because you just, it's just in them, you know? And... I think if you really want to work in something and really want to do something, you work hard enough, you'll end up somewhere. But all the, I think, well, you have an intern here, you have to know that person. That's not necessarily the case. Yeah, that could help, but it doesn't necessarily determine success. I want to ask Mana's question. Speaking <laughs> on that, Z. Money. Yeah, because Mana's a great story. How did you meet Barry? You got This is on the. Yeah, well, me Barry, had, a, Barry I, had an Instagram post for his birthday. Happy belated, by the way. Oh no, my birthday in February. This was just that was just a story time. That was just story time. Super belated, bro. The money's in the building, everybody. There go the money, everybody. How you doing, money? What's good? What's up, my brother? It's my youngin. I think it's really a crazy story, and when it comes to this story, I think Barry really tell it the best. No cap, like he even tell me some stuff that I miss. But like my main thing is, I was working at TSA. You know, I was working at TSA. Top flight? Huh? Top flight? Security? Top flight security. Really protecting the world. <laughs> I'm really a young superhero up there. For sure. <laughs> and stop the world from getting blowed up. I did that. You know what I'm saying? So, so like, just starting there, like, I would see some of everybody coming through the airport. And then, like, one day, Barry came in. You know, the first person I really met from since the 80s was a guy by the name of Fred. <laughs> and I told him, I'm like, shit, I'm trying to work. You know, he talking fast, he gone. That's just the airport. You know, I seen Barry, he had to get somewhere important. And my thing would be, shit, if I see you feel like you need to get through the line, I'm coming. Like, look, I'm going to walk in front of everybody like Barack. Yeah. Big 44. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and I wouldn't even say nothing else to you. I just walk away, let you do what you do. And I basically just told him I wanted to work in music. And he told me, just catch me next time. But you got to tell them folks about next time. <laughs> I got to tell them. Mom want me to tell y'all stories that are just, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that next time. Tell them that next time, man. Okay. Well, next time so next time, I saw mine. I was, I was getting arrested. <laughs> oh, okay. Free the game. At the airport. Because I'm retarded. I was rushing to go somewhere, and I forgot my pistol in my book bag. So <laughs> I was mad as hell. I was trying to rush to Miami, and mine, just being the young man that he is and silly, 
He was like, hey, gang, I can't help you with this one, though. <laughs> God, 9 11. That's why we stand up in the morning. Oh, say, can you see? <laughs> so the next time I met him, it was, it was, I mean, it was cool. I mean, I ain't gonna say it's cool. Do not take your gun to the airport. Please do not be like me and, and run around with your gun everywhere. But neither, nothing to say less. I just always mess with my, his energy was always infectious, man. Like, he always just, was a genuine person. So I was just like, yo, get, get, I gave my phone number. I was like, yo, hit me. And he thought I was lying, but he hit me. And I was just like, I'm just a pull-up type person. I'm not finna really be doing all this, this back and forth conversation. You know what I'm saying? It shit be wasting time. Like, my brain don't work like that. Bro, just pull up on me and let me know what we talking about. You know what I'm saying? I just met my OG. What my OG? My, my OG right here. We, my partner right here in the back. I just met him yesterday. We been chopping it up. For the last two days, he got a book called Pressure. You know what I'm saying? My man just did 16 years in the feds, came home. He wrote a book. He got a crazy-ass game plan. Hey, y'all give it up for him one time. Y'all yeah, give OG. it up for him. My OG just came back home. My, my man's is already in the mix. But I'm just the type of person, if he got something going on, and, and it's, I'm going to support, I'm going to just chop. We ain't got to do all the... We people. I'm just a person. <laughs> yeah, you we know people what I'm saying? Like, so whatever he got going on, if I can help... Even if I can't do something, I'm the type of person that's going to point you in a direction. Yeah. You ain't got to try to sign the sense that I might point you to LVRN. Them my niggas. I want to see them win, too. <laughs> Every time they get something new and nice, I come in like, damn, I'm going to get something, too, then. Because it's motivation. It's good to see your people do well because you know it's possible. Anytime I see any of my peers do anything, I understand that the possibilities of doing it is possible. And it so makes for, the business better, man. And it just makes it better. You know what I'm saying? Like, so for me personally, like, that's just the type of person I am. I don't really, it don't. And it's that's why Atlanta beautiful, though. Like, Atlanta's beautiful because a lot of the politics you might run into in other cities. I'm not going to say you don't run into them here, but, like, if you meet the right people, like, there's a lot of good people in Atlanta, yeah. right? And... Atlanta makes sure that you, you know, you're a person first. And um, that's how we are, like, we're people first. Like, you don't have necessarily to offer me anything, but if I see something that I think is very intuitive or, or something that reminds me of something very good, I'm gonna do what I can to at least be a resource. Um, and I think as, like, young execs, like, by the show of hands, any of the young execs in the building who trying to make it happen, you know, we need the ones who did it before us. You know, it wouldn't be no Diddy without Andre Harrell. Okay. It wouldn't be no Steph Curry without mine. You know what I'm saying? So it's important for us to see the people who did it before us to just show us it's possible. Top flight. Actually, I think we need you. I got a little announcement. Top they, flight. They're, they'll be towing cars at the apartment complex next door. Um, I'm sure Top Flight can't really help you with that, but <laughs> you should go handle that if you did. Part. I'm only protecting the world from bombs. Okay, all right. <laughs> only bombs over here. So if your car's over there, you probably should go. Yeah, there we so, go. Um, Dre ahead, talking about the people, up. and I know before they, they do us and cut our mics <laughs> off and start playing music. We got five uh, minutes left. <laughs> we want to Q&A it, or what do we, we want to I do? think we should go to Q&A, because yeah, I, got, I, I, got, yeah. I got something to give away. I have my plus yeah. one to the A3C conference, a pass, to give away to someone that I feel is deserving or has a great question. Um, we only have time for maybe one or two, so I show sure hands. Who has, has a question. question for these fellas up here? All right, well. Come on, stand on up. Come on up here. I think it's two of them coming up. Jack on head, let both of them. He was first. He was second. Okay, thank you. <laughs> What's going on? How y'all doing? How you What's doing? What's going on? Uh, quick question, man. Uh, What's I'm your an name? artist. What's your name? R.I.P. XL. R.I.P. R.I.P. XL. Yes, sir. R.I.P. XL. <laughs> yeah. 
R.I.P. Yeah, rip. You can say rip for short, but it's R.I.P. Oh. Excel. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> That's definitely scary. But it don't mean no bad shit, though. I swear to God. I'm okay, for sure. Let us know. Let us know what it means. Uh, uh, the R.I.P., uh, I was in a real fucked up point in my life a few years ago, just down bad. And um, I was reading this uh, Bruce Lee book, and he had this shit called The Art of Dying. And basically, oh. yeah, hell yeah. And basically, it was like, man, just letting yesterday die out and you know, reborn yourself a new day today. You know what I'm saying? I like a man That's that a reads. Word. Yeah, you know what I'm like saying? I like a man that I like that. Okay, R.I.P. We love yeah, substance. Yeah. What's your substance. Question? Appreciate it, man. I, I ain't gonna, I'm, I'm a nervous ass nigga, so I'm just up here talking shit. <laughs> but, I, but I got a real question, though. Um, I'm an artist that, you know, manages themselves. How do you get into these spaces without, you know what I'm saying, excusing my language, nut holding, you know what I'm saying, without, you know, dick riding. You know? How do you get to wet space? You know, the, without making these connections, you know, I'm an artist, I'm trying to get on these platforms, certain websites, certain shows. My boy. Yeah. You gotta do that, though. You gotta go find you a team. Like, don't ever think it's a flex to walk around and say I'm an artist and I ain't got no team. Like, that need to be where you start. It could be your partner. It could be Vaughn, he right behind you. It could be Lex, you know. It, bro, a team is around you. You know what I'm saying? Like you say, you nervous? Don't be nervous, just go. I, I got a question, I guess my question. What, what's the, what's what's the space? space? What's nut holding though? I'm just a dig ride, ride. dig ride. Like without dig ride. No, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm serious. What's, what's yeah. nut holding? Like, you know, I guess just doing too much, trying to get a nigga attention too much to a point where it's like, all right, bro, you gotta hold on, freeze. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta give it time. I'm gonna tell you what's so crazy is I got, I got a, um, I think that's like one of the things that we got. I don't know. That's one of the things in our community that I think we is kind of eradicate. Yeah. That we gotta eradicate this shit. Listen, man, a nigga that needs help needs help. You ain't dick riding a nigga unless you just a cheerleader with some pom-poms for no apparent reason. Yeah. A young man that needs help and information is totally different from a nigga sitting around not with, doing nothing. Not doing shit. Yeah. No just, value. Just wanna be around. You not dick riding or nut holding anybody, bro. There's people that are in a space that you're not in, that you need information. Now, there's difference between being annoying about the shit, you know what I'm saying? Then, but you know, I don't think that's dick riding. To me, dick riding and nut holding is a nigga that's just, it's like a nigga that tells bad jokes and niggas just laugh at it because he in the space. Like, nigga, that shit ain't even funny. Mm -hmm. I'm not laughing at that shit. I don't give a fuck who you is. You know what I'm saying? That's to me, it's like, all right, bro, you just, you extra as hell with it. You feel what I'm saying? So, like, don't look at it that way. Look at it as if I'm a person trying to get somewhere and I'm looking for information and I'm looking for knowledge, you know what I'm saying, just a, just a pad to get somewhere. Yeah. I mean, you, I don't know. That, yeah, I don't know. Can, Black people saying be, that should be throwing me off. You be a person of integrity to get to where you're going. I think um, as you moving around, like, pay attention to the people that are really interested in what you're talking about. Um, for us, like, it, it was always, uh, we always made sure that we work with people and still do. We work with people, talk to people that were championing us from the beginning. If I don't gotta necessarily super sell you on something, then I know you believe in my vision. So I'm, I'm more apt to make sure, and I know you're also gonna probably help me more than someone I gotta really prove myself to. And bro, trust me, I'm the king of saying fuck you. I'm, I'm just the king of that shit. I don't care about nothing forever at the end of the day when it comes to this shit, so trust me. I, I understand, I understand what you're saying, but sometimes it's okay to ask for help. For sure.
we have one Appreciate y'all for real, though. We're going to wrap it up. Nah, for sure, my boy. Someone was already lying. Wait, one last question, then we're going to wrap it up, y'all. Thank you so much. Rip what? Rip what again? R-I-P-H-L. All right. There we All right, go. y'all doing? What you got real quick for us? Um, my, my name, my artist name is Callahan True. Say um, that louder. Say that. Callahan Say that. True. With, with yeah. your chest. Yeah, Callahan True. <laughs> um, sorry, I tried to get comfortable with it. So first off, uh, I'm tr I'm starting from obviously base level, trying to get up there to the bigger thing. I want to be the best in what I do mm -hmm. in my field and what I'm trying to do first. Your artist. Yeah, artist. I, okay. I sing a songwriter. I can do a little rapping too. It is what it is. I just try to do everything so I can make sure I, on my little platform, I'm the best everywhere I am. So my question to y'all is from being a person that's at that base level platform, obviously I gotta perfect everything that I do when it comes to the singing, the songwriting, the promotion, the distribution, all of that. What I'm trying to figure out is how do I do that? And I know I need a team, so I'm honestly looking for management. If there is some management here, <laughs> I'm looking for it. Speak um, your piece. So, what the music sound like, yeah. my boy? <laughs> I, I'm ready, I can show you some. I, I would. We yeah. wanna, we wanna uh, give me a little freestyle song, man. I do a little singing. Don't be nervous. Never mind, we got a little booth. Okay, I got you. Don't worry. My ridiculous. Um, Actually, wait. Just wait to the booth. Show us in the booth. Yeah, definitely. I got you. <laughs> my ridiculous. Yeah, my ridiculous. I would say. Oh, wait, were you doing your question? My bad. Yeah. Um. I'm just trying to figure out, like, as an artist that's doing this independently. Um, learning all the ropes on um, the back end into it. How, where do I start and how do I get that growth that I want? That, I, I that know, exposure. What, is, right what do you think is best? I know you, I know you said something about trying to be perfect and everything. You should quit with that thought. I think first and foremost, you should figure out what you're great at, excel at that, and wherever you lack at, find people around you that are really good at what you lack at. Because right. you're going to impede yourself trying to do everything at such a high level. And I think most people um, in this industry that try to kind of be a jack of all trades end up not really being that proficient in anything. Yeah. Um, I think you as an artist, like you should really hone in on what your strong suits are and really focus on that. And then the things that you know, you gotta be really critical with yourself as an artist, really critical with yourself as a person, the things that yeah. you lack at, make sure you just are on the lookout for people that can help you improve in that or that can handle that for you. I got a question. I got a question for you. Yeah, I'm ready. Who your audience? Um, like, what do you mean, like, as a demographic as people, or? Who you, you speak to? Who are you speaking to? Who um, is your music to people for? who are okay with being emotionally vulnerable? Woman, man, feeling your, being in your side. Are you speaking to your humans? Yeah, I want us to what, connect what, to what, How old are those humans? Where are those humans at? What is those um, humans I feel do? like around 18, 25, 30, 40, okay. really anybody who can feel. Uh, okay. Basically. Uh, Anybody who can feel any emotion as an individual, as a human being, expressing it, being comfortable and vulnerable enough to be in that. So when, so when you, so when you, when you making this music, what do you think you can find those people at? Um, I feel like anywhere, honestly. Ah, uh, you got a lot of anywhere and everybody answers. Yeah, that's yeah. not how that shit work. Nah, okay. nah, that's not how it work. Coca-Cola, when they first made Coke, they didn't got them so just start out putting that shit everywhere. Sign. They had to put that shit in a certain space. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying, like. That's, that's one of the things I think with artists is these niggas loud as a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's one of the things with artists that like sometimes y'all think it's everybody everywhere. You gotta like find oh, your pocket and then build from your pocket. 
Yeah, everybody, understand. yeah, but everybody ain't gonna like you. Everybody ain't gonna listen to your music. So yeah. you can't always say, oh, these folks, anybody, bro, everybody got feelings, you know what I'm saying? But how are you gonna get to those people with feelings? Where are you gonna be at? So I think your bass should start that and definitely kill that perfection shit. Babyface said he wrote 4,000 songs and only 50 of them shits was top 20 hits mm. out of 4,000 songs. Ain't no such thing as perfection, my boy. So don't, don't kill yourself with that shit. That'll eat you up. Appreciate it. Thank you. We got a lot of other gems to drop in this room. LVRN is coming out right after us, so stay in your seats. Um, like to thank our panelists. Yes, we're doing got thank our hell. panelists, Barry Mon. We're doing goddamn hot so chips. Much. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you. And um, RIP XL, come find me. I got the A3C pass for you. <laughs>